welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. But which fiancé am I? The am beheaded I one. Divorced? <laughs> beheaded? Beheaded one. Well, am I the one that survived? Sure. I'm the survivor fiancé. Just to be clear, I haven't had any previous fiancés. <laughs> no. Uh, but I'm very, very excited to talk about this one. Yeah, me too. We are going to be going to see Six the Musical live at Hampton Court Palace. Yes, which is the stuff that dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. We've said it uh, for the past few weeks. I have manifested this show into happening. Every time we've driven past Hampton Court Palace, I have said to you that the only time I ever want to see Six is if it is live from Hampton Court Palace. Because I just feel like it would be the best backdrop. Don't get me wrong, I want to see Six. And yes, we could have gone to see Six on the West End and we've had opportunities to see it uh, at other venues. But for me, I always felt like seeing it at this venue with its rich Tudor heritage, mm-hmm. especially as it is the palace of one of our queens. Yep. Felt like it would be perfect. So this is an absolute dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a huge Tudor history nerd. Cool. Well, what do you know about Six? I know that we have the wives of Henry VIII uh, performing a concert for us. And they sing songs... What, the queens? Yeah. I'm going to show myself up being like a huge... I'm a huge Tudor history nerd. Name all the queens. You have Catherine of Aragon, mm-hmm. who's wife number one. Correct. You have Anne Boleyn. Are you going to do them in order? Anne Boleyn is wife number two. Mm-hmm. And she was the, the naughty one. If you say so. Who was played by Natalie Dormer in the Tudors. I haven't ever seen which that. Which is possibly why Anne Boleyn's my favourite queen. Sure. Uh, and also Greensleeves was written for her. That is a myth, but yes. Okay, well, popularised myth. Then you have Jane Seymour, the only one he truly loved. Yeah, sure. You're not... I thought you were... I'm not going to say rude. I was setting you up. Okay. Um, Then you have... I can't remember this one, but this is the German girl he took out and hated based on the picture. I think is Joss Stone in the Tudors. I don't know who that is, but... Just it... Stone one Mars Singer, the year of COVID. Okay. Still don't know who that is. Uh, Anna of Cleves, yes. Anna of Cleves. Yep. And then you have Catherine... But I can't remember what she's of. She's not of. Catherine Parr. No. That Catherine Parr's the last wife. Catherine Parr's the last one. I can't remember the it's fifth three wife. Catherines. Well, Catherine, Catherine with a K is the second to last. Yeah. Close. Oh, yeah, because Anne of Cleves, of course. I can't believe I've got Anne of Cleves, but you've got, yeah, Catherine and then Catherine. Yeah. He had a type. Sure. Catherine's. Catherine Howard is yes. the meanest, but yes. Oh, I said Catherine. Mm-hmm. Catherine and Catherine cool. Barr. Yes. Yeah, so what do you know about six? Yeah, it's these six queens that are stepping out and singing songs about their lives mm-hmm. with Henry. And the whole point is that they're almost like the Spice Girls. That each one of them has, like, a different style. How do you mean? 
Well, like they're dressed differently for starters. So each one has yes. like a different physical style. And obviously I think within the, the fandom, obviously certain ones have favorites. Yeah. Just like you would with any like girl band or boy band or just generic pop group, everyone has their favorites. And especially in a group where everyone sings. Like if you look at One Direction, everyone has a favorite One Direction. I'm sure with BTS, there are certain members of the group that people like more than others. Mm-hmm. Spice Girls, it might be that you were a fan of Baby Spice and she was your favourite Spice Girl. Or some people like Sporty Spice or Ginger Spice or Posh Spice. And I, th- I feel like you have that kind of element with Six that, you know, each queen has kind of a different persona. But yes. this follows it into their song style. So Anne Boleyn's is very like modern with Sorry Not Sorry. And it sounds very much like Lily Allen for me. Yeah, so you have heard the songs from this. Yes, but there are some I listen to far more than others because I like them more than others. Yeah, so the way that I got Danny to listen to the songs from this show is that I got obsessed with House of Holbein, which is a really stupid song to be my favourite song from this show, but it just came on my playlist one day and... I've been listening to it on repeat pretty much ever since from like two years ago. Yeah. And then I put it on in the car one day and you were like, what is this? And then I played some other songs from six specifically. I think sorry, not sorry. And six. We're one. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Which you liked both of those. Yeah. We've listened to some of the others, but those are the two that I tend to stick with most as well as ex wives. Mm -hmm. I think one of my biggest worries with Six is like, yes, it's a musical, but it's more a concert than anything else. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, like the runtime is quite short for this, that it's essentially a one act show. Yeah. And my worry with this is the fact that you could make like this whole musical about Tudor history and like the Six Wives, but they haven't. They rush through it. And like that's my worry is... Will I come out of this wanting more? Like, will I wish that this is kind of the British equivalent of Hamilton? Mm-hmm. You know, where you have like a really long scope of story, mm-hmm. but it doesn't accomplish that. Yeah. You know, I, I think, am I right in thinking that this is like an all-female cast, possibly like including the musicians as well? Yes. Which is very, very cool. Mm. So, Six, the musical, is by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. Yes. Lucy Moss has just directed the open air Legally Blonde. Oh, really? Yeah. I obviously have been following a lot with the open air Legally Blonde and would love to see it, time permitting. And I've heard a lot of great stuff, but I didn't know that they were involved in it. Mm -hmm. That's very, very cool. I, I know that both of them also were responsible for the Tony's opening number, Just Gone. I don't know. I can believe it. I'm, I'm pretty certain I read it that they were like responsible for the Tony's opening number. Mm-hmm. Well, Lucy Moss also directed Ratatouzical. Ratatouille, the TikTok music. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we talked to her about her a little when we covered that one. Yes. But, yes, yeah, so... Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe were both at Cambridge University. They were friends. I do not believe they were studying the same uh, 
or what do you call it when you're at a posh university reading they yeah. were not reading the same subject. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that, but I kind of love it. I've never heard that before. Have you not? No. Have you never watched University Challenge? No. Well, well on University Challenge, when they introduce themselves, they have to say, I'm so-and-so and I'm reading ancient history. Or That's I'm weird. so-and-so and I'm reading advanced physics or whatever. Like, it's great and I love it. No, I've never heard that at all. Yeah. Yeah, so... They were at university together. Their friendship sort of solidified during uh, where they went to the ADC theatre sort of Andram club. Basically, it's the Cambridge Students Andram Society at the ADC theatre. And they went and performed there together a few times, specifically during a production of Rent, where Toby Marlowe played Angel... And Lucy Moss was a member of the ensemble. In 2016, Toby Marlowe was selected by Cambridge University Musical Theatre Society to write a new musical to be performed at the Edinburgh Fringe. Cool. Because uh, basically they get a spot every year and they get to put stuff on. And the idea for Six came along when Toby Marlowe was studying in their final year at Cambridge... The initial concept came to them in a poetry class and Toby Marlowe decided to get Lucy Moss involved. Uh, they wrote part of the show while studying for their final exams. Blimey, that's that's intense. Which, that has to be good... Um, like... Relaxation. Yeah. Chucking ideas about this weird, fun Queens of Henry VIII musical around. Do you know what their research was for this? I don't know. It's either going to be lots or little. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, when you ask me a question like that, that's because it's it's not like, you know, they went to Hampton Court for a week and just took in the vibes. It's going to be yeah, no. like either a lot or a little. So I'm going to guess very little. So Toby Marlowe read Antonia Frazier's The Six Wives of Henry VIII. And Lucy Moss watched a documentary called Six Wives by Lucy Worsley. And then they both watched the 2011 Beyonce concert, which is called Live at Roseland, Elements of Four, because it was like a storytelling-driven yeah. concert. I think... My Chemical Romance doing the Black Parade. Well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yeah, it is. Really? Cool. Over the course of about 10 days, they wrote the sort of foundation for the show, and they based all of the queens after existing pop stars. Yes. So, Catherine of Aragon, wife number one, is based on Lemonade-era Beyoncé. What Jennifer does Lo- Lemonade-era Beyoncé mean? Lemonade is a Beyoncé album. Okay. It's like what she was like when she was doing that part of her musical okay. journey. J-Lo and Jennifer Hudson. Cool. And they also used actual quotes from... Catherine of Aragon in part of her songwriting. You want to guess who Anne Boleyn's based on? Uh, Lily Allen. Yes, and? No idea. Miley Cyrus. Cool. And then also Kate Nash and Avril Lavigne. There nice. are like elements yeah. that come in with that one. Jane Seymour is based on Adele, Sia, Rihanna and Celine Dion. Nice. Divas. Mm-hmm. Anna of Cleves. You want to guess? That's House of Holborn. 
is House of Holbein, but then her song is Get Down. Okay. Sign between other cars. Get down, you dirty rascal. Uh, It's very, like, street Street rhyme. Yeah. So I don't don't know. Nicki Minaj. Cool. Yeah. And then, again, Beyonce's uh, sort of Feeling Myself song, Lord with Royals. Like that kind of vibe, and then also Iggy Azalea and Charlie XCX. Basically, people I've never heard of. Yeah, pretty much. You know the song "Fancy"? No. I'm so fancy. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that that's the influence there. What do you think about Catherine Howard? I don't know which song is Catherine Howard's. Catherine Howard's is "All You Wanna Do." All you wanna do, all you wanna do, baby. I can imagine that's more like Beyonce-ish. Um, I don't know. Think about young, over-sexualized pop stars. Taylor Swift. No. No, because Taylor Swift was Girl Next Door. Okay. I, do, like I really don't know. I don't know modern pop. Britney Spears. Okay. And also Ariana Grande. Oh, and Christina Aguilera then. Mm-hmm. Cool. But like dirty era Christina Aguilera. Yeah. You know, like, gotta get rowdy. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. Sure. And then Catherine Parr is Alicia Keys and maybe Emily Sande as well and they also have a lot of references thrown into their costume design cool. too so i have seen how amazing the costumes look for this show and frequently have a lot of cosplayers mm-hmm. go to the shows yeah so the queens that are beheaded when choker necklaces nice. to like hide the slice. so they've been reanimated it's i would like... assume so <laughs> well yeah because there's jokes about like oh you actually died and they're like yeah <laughs> i actually died um, yeah, because they know their fate, like divorce, beheaded, live, divorce, beheaded, live, but tonight we're divorce, mm. beheaded, live. Yep. So they know their fates. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Anne Boleyn wears green sleeves. Yeah. Like, it's, that's the point, you know. Yeah, I'm things. pretty certain um, Sorry Not Sorry has references to green sleeves. Sorry Not Sorry doesn't. No, but it's there's one song that has Henry like... wrote me a poem all about my green sleeves. No, but there's yeah. also a... Um, oh, yeah. That one. But like, I don't know if that's the same song. No, there is. That's Ex-Wives. Through the whole musical score, there's references to green sleeves. Cool. So I opened at the Edinburgh Fringe. Toby Marlowe cast their younger sister Aww. as one of the characters in the original version. Uh, it was Catherine Howard that she played. And then it did pretty well. It was sold out the whole time, which is great, but it didn't win any awards or anything. What, at the Edinburgh Fringe? Yes. Cool. But once they did a showing back in Cambridge, Kenny Wax and Global Musicals producers got wind of it they went to see it and it booked for four performances at the arts theater in the west end uh made its debut in december of 2017 and it did monday night only weekly slots after that then it did six performances then they recorded a cast recording in september of 2018 and then it started on a uk tour in july of the same year went back to the Edinburgh Fringe 2018 and then transferred back to London at the Arts Theatre before it opened for a 16-week run in 2019. Yes. At which point it became viral, basically. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing with this show that it's like the internet musical, if ever there was one, like the the range of this one Mm -hmm. just went phenomenal. 
Yeah, it had an initial run of just 16 weeks, but then it was slated to be running continually until January of 2021. However... COVID. Yeah. But they were one of the first shows to reopen yes. after COVID and to also have 50% capacity, face coverings, and also temperature checks as required. Which this show really benefited from because it's a shorter show that, you know, if you're going to test the waters, mm -hmm. like, because it's a one-act show. Yeah. I mean, obviously, what we know about COVID is, you know, 20 minutes is enough to get it. Yeah. But one and a half hours in a theatre as opposed to two and a half hours, mm -hmm. you know, maybe isn't so bad. Yeah. 2019, they had a North American tour. Also in 2019, they had a Norwegian cruise line tour. That is exceptionally cool. Right? And that is still running. Uh, so far as I'm aware, anyways, on their cruise, three different cruise ships, which is very cool. And then we get the UK tour. Yes. I remember that came to Woking and we were tempted to go, but we couldn't make it at that point in time. Do you remember who was in it? which was making me say, we have to go and no. see this. Jodie Steele. Oh, of course. And we obviously saw Jodie Steele in... But I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Yes. But at the time, she was in that and was very, very good. Yes. Excellent Catherine Howard. It has just recently gone into Broadway. Yes. Also in Australia and New Zealand, it premiered at the Sydney Opera House. Nice. Which is awesome. Yeah. And then there's also some US tours that are going on at the moment as well. They also performed at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and they looked absolutely freezing. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> like, well, it was a great performance, but oh my God. So I know that Six won two Tonys recently for best costumes, mm -hmm. which not a surprise. And I think it wasn't like best musical, best new musical. It was like best new book of a musical. I can't remember which one. Because of COVID, Six opened in 2021, which made it eligible for the 2022 Tony yes. Awards. And they were nominated for Best Musical, Best Costume Design, Lighting, Sound, Direction, Choreography, Orchestrations and Score. And they won for Costume Design for Gabriella Slade, the costume designer, and Best Original Score for Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. Which is very, very cool. It lost really Best Musical really cool. to A Strange Loop. I do not know what A Strange Loop is. Me either, but I haven't... This is going to sound really bad on a musical podcast. I did not watch the Tony Awards yet. No, we have... I mean, we, we've been too busy. And we're in the UK. It's really hard to watch the Tony Awards from here. Yes. Uh, how did it fare in, like, England when it debuted in terms of awards? Did it get nominated for much? Obviously, you've mentioned... Uh... It was nominated for five Olivier Awards. Yeah. Best New Musical, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for all of the queens, which is very cool. That is very cool. Uh, Outstanding Achievements in Music, Best Choreography and Best Costume Design, but unfortunately it did not win. Any? Any. Oh, that's such a shame. Mm -hmm. So it's good that it finally won some Tonys because it feels like it's giving its due. It deserves them, for sure. And all of the critical response to Six has been very, very high praise. They've been called gifted writers the people have said it's dynamic uh radical uh so six carries out a joyful and anachronistic takedown of the patriarchy which we love to hear and that the writing is wickedly smart now one of the things i'm really excited for is the fact that this performance i think has the original west end cast doing it mm -hmm. so that's exceptionally cool 
I know that you have seen this live, but you have a little bit of a fun story for when you saw this one live. Yeah, so when I saw this, it was in the West End and Toby Marlowe filled the role of Catherine Parr, uh, actually for two performances, but yeah, on the 28th of July, 2019. It was very exciting. It's very, very cool. So you actually saw them mm-hmm. in the role. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's just, that's exceptionally cool. Yeah. I am excited for this one. Very, very excited because the more I hear the songs, the more I enjoy them. And obviously this is like a TikTok musical as well in the sense that you hear the songs quite frequently on TikTok. Oh, absolutely. So I hear them a lot. Uh, like I say, the one the one thing I'm concerned with is will I come out of this being like, okay, but it still could have done more? Mm-hmm. Or will yeah, I Yeah, you're in... worried about plot, right? Yes. I don't think you're going to mind. Cool. I, I think I... you're going to like the way that it's done yeah and i think that that's my my one critique of it is i feel like it could have done more but again i'm saying that as somebody you know who is currently deer waving through a window mm-hmm. you know i i don't i don't know because i've not seen it and actually maybe there's enough because we- i'm sure it's not just going to be song after song after song i'm sure there's going to be interplay between the queens but in between songs mm-hmm. so maybe that will be enough for me yeah but I am exceptionally excited to be here, especially on, you know, an event such as Six at Hampton Court. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I, I mean, I already know I will like Anne Boleyn's song. I already know that I will like, you know, Ex-Wives and the last song, Six. Mm-hmm. I hope there's going to be some great merch there. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. So we will be back to talk all things six, find out if I am divorced, beheaded, or if I survive when we return after intermission. And we are back. Yes, we are. Did you lose your head? I did not. I lost my head screaming from like sheer joy. I lost my voice. (laughs) It was so amazing Mm -hmm. as an experience. Yep. We got there a little bit early, obviously. Uh, We got there very early. So ours started at... 9pm. Ish. And we got to Hampton Court for about six. Yeah. So we just sat and we enjoyed like picnicking in mm-hmm. the grounds because they set up like a festival. This was part of the Hampton Court Festival. Yeah, we had a really nice uh, not chicken burger. Yep. Which was great. Very we good. We went and had a lovely cider, which was very exciting. Yes, cheeky tipple. Yep. That wasn't the most exciting bit though, was it? I mean, the merch was great. Let's talk about the merch and how fantastic that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that we got the limited edition Hampton Court six badges. Yes, and the six live at Hampton Court t-shirts yes. as well, which are excellent, which I got it in an extra large, which is now the biggest t-shirt I own and is so comfy. It's your like everything t-shirt. Everything t-shirt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the merch was fantastic. One of the things I really liked, I didn't get any of them, mm-hmm. but I thought it was great for people who are already like huge six fans. Yeah. Because they had the pins that were specifically like the dresses. The costumes. The costumes yeah. of the queens. 
unsurprisingly, Anne Boleyn had already sold out by the time when we, we arrived. When we got there at six o'clock, yeah. I mean, this was the third show at this point, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked that as an idea because, you know, you've either got to buy all of them mm-hmm. or just buy your favourite one. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really, really clever. Um, the merch was really nice. Yeah. I could have spent far more than we did mm-hmm. on the merchandise. Yeah, and we actually, my brother asked me to get him one of the Queen's outfit pins and he couldn't choose who his favourite was. So I asked uh, at the booth for a recommendation and they gave me Catherine of Aragon's outfit, which I have to say is one of my favourite ones. Yeah, it's difficult because they are all fantastic, but Mm -hmm. it's a really clever merch thing. It's either a collect them all or a wear yours very proud because this show is all about, you know, and, and you certainly see it when you're there watching it. Mm-hmm. They're our favourites. You know? Yeah, for sure. And considering how the show's going to open, which we'll talk about in a moment, very much like choose your favourite. I can imagine this with the Spice Girls again, that, if, you know, the Spice Girls were to do a tour, you'd have like one of their like costumes, outfits as a badge. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see who sold the most. I think Anne Boleyn had sold out. And by the time we were getting ready to go into Hampton Court... I think Catherine Howard had sold out. Yes, I believe so. So the two beheaded seem to be the most popular ones. It's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. But like I say, not the most exciting part. Because what else happened before we went into the show? Oh my gosh. So we were sitting sort of opposite the merch stand-ish. And this person walked past. And I thought, as you do... I, who is that? I know that person. Like, I, I know them. Where do I know them from? And I couldn't figure it out. And I was sat there for absolutely ages. Yes. Going, did I used to work with them? Were they at uni with me? You know, when you're running through have I just, literally everyone yeah. you've ever met trying to figure so out who somebody is. they just have one is. of those faces. Right. And then uh, a woman and her daughter who was probably like seven or eight got a selfie with them and so i was like all right okay they're a celebrity they're not um somebody that i know personally that's fine who is it and then they came back towards us and they walked past and away again and i suddenly had this bolt of lightning where it's like oh my god that's toby marlowe yep toby marlowe who has just won a tony award for this musical just strolled past us and so we decided to try and be very cool and go and bump into them which (laughs) i think we managed quite well we did but it was an absolute delight to talk to toby marlowe they were so nice they asked why we were there and when we said we were going to be reviewing it for the podcast they very kindly said oh well I hope you give it a good review which is an excellent thing for somebody who's just won a Tony Award to say to us but oh my gosh my favourite bit was we obviously mentioned to them about how I've manifested this Mm -hmm. and they thanked me and said that I get 10% of the box office (laughs) yeah still waiting on that yeah okay uh no they were such delight to me especially like considering that this was their show you know mm-hmm. and you mentioned about how you had actually seen them in in six yeah as well which they seemed delighted by and yeah, yeah very very cool 
-hmm. and a really nice individual as well like really humble and like down to earth and genuine you know yeah which is very very cool considering again here we are watching six and it they are out there enjoying this whole festival atmosphere with everyone. They're not like hiding away anywhere. They got yeah. there to soak in this atmosphere. I thought it was very, very cool. And yes, we then walked in to Hampton Court, into the courtyard, mm-hmm. going right through some of the, the most beautiful bits of the architecture. To Which get I there. filmed and I really need to put on our TikTok. Yes, yes, you do. And we had some pretty good seats. I forgot just how good I'd, I'd, I'd purchased for us. Yeah. And there was such a great, like, atmosphere. Like, truly electric atmosphere as people are going in. Yeah. And what I really liked is the fact that it wasn't like a one kind of note crowd that wasn't all like younger teenagers mm. there was a wonderful group of cosplayers some yep. some really incredible costumes but then there were people in casual cosplays and in oh i don't know what the word for it is you know what a disney bound is yes yeah 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 it was like that but obviously it's not Six disney bound. yeah It's basically for, if you do not know what Disney bounding is, it is where you dress like a character, but in casual clothes. Yes, because Disney don't like you dressing. Well, adults, yeah. They don't like adults dressing up in the park. So if you were going to dress as Winnie the Pooh, for example, you would probably wear a red t-shirt and then yellow everything else. Yes. But you wouldn't wear a Winnie the Pooh onesie costume. Yeah, it's trying to be creative. So I saw a really good Anne Boleyn bound where somebody had done their hair the same as her they were wearing just a black dress with a green checked shirt tied around their waist yeah. to emulate the skirt which was really clever i love that that was really good like obviously dressed to obviously. look like them but <laughs> nice but not in a full costume yeah which is really cool yeah really really cool and also you got a lot of and what I, I liked here was, you know, obviously, a, you know, some mm-hmm. some older men there as well. But it didn't seem like they're there. Ironically, they were there because they genuinely seemed invested in this. Yeah. It was a really good atmosphere and a really good crowd. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because it was a concert. I, I'd said to you before the show, I'm a little bit worried. Obviously, concerts kind of have a different vibe to musicals because concerts you kind of encourage to sing along and mm-hmm. obviously you take your pictures during shows i you know when i used to go to concerts as a kid there was a real excitement in filming things yeah and getting photos and as i've grown up i've kind of realized that i don't have the same memories of this show that i should have because i wasn't living in the moment and actually it's quite nice now just to experience it mm-hmm. without like trying to get pictures. And I was worried as well, you know, would I necessarily be able to enjoy this because everyone else would be singing? But the crowd was fantastic, like cheering and really engaging with each song, but not singing along to it until the six mega mix at the end, which I liked. I thought that was really cool. Yes, the mega six at the end. Yes. Yeah. Which is one of my favourite thing jokes that ever. So obviously we have the original West End Queens reprising their roles for this. Mm-hmm. So Catherine of Aragon 
was Jarnea Richard Knoll. Yep. Anne Boleyn was Millie O'Connell, who you were very excited when you realised it was Millie O'Connell. Well, so when, if you've listened to our Be More Chill episode, when we were maybe six months into doing the podcast, I bought you, I don't know whether it was for Christmas or for your birthday. No, it was before the podcast. Was it? It was, it was, it was... My birthday, my 30th birthday, the morning we woke up and we were now isolating. Oh, and yeah. the night before, we should have had gone... announced they were closing. Yeah, so we should have gone to see Be More Chill when Millie O'Connell was in it, which I was so excited about. The theatres all closed down. Obviously, that was unavoidable. And I got my money back. So we went to see... What did I get as the replacement for that? Oh, sauce. Oh, your 30th birthday present. And then I bought the Be More Chill tickets when we went to see it last year. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, you're welcome. Um, Yes, so you're very excited to finally get to see Millie O'Connell. We had Natalie Paris as Jane Seymour, Alexa McIntosh as Anna of Cleves, Mm -hmm. Amy Atkinson as Catherine Howard, and Maya Quonsa Breed as Catherine Parr. So the original Mega Six yeah. of the West End. We obviously have some fantastic ladies in waiting. And again, very, very much like when you go to see a concert, you have the ladies in waiting come on stage and start getting themselves ready for the show. And the audience cheer in it. It's just very, very cool. It's like when the roadies come on. Yeah. And 9pm hits. But that's such a cool thing to have as a, like, as a thing, you know? Like, to actually have characterised players in your band. Like, well, in the same way that they do in Waitress, you know? Like, the characters you play in the band in Waitress are also people who are at the diner, and it's just a nice, cool thing to but I believe... The ladies in waiting are named after the genuine ladies in waiting of the queens. Sure. No. The, so, so looking at the six wiki, mm-hmm. for instance, the guitarist. Well, we is... have Joan and yeah. So you've Maria. Got... Yeah. So I can't remember what the other two. You've are got called. Maggie, for instance, is the guitarist. Yeah. And she was the lady in waiting of Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Bessie is the bassist, mm-hmm. and she was the lady in waiting uh, for Catherine of Aragon and Anna of Cleves, and was one of Henry VIII's mistresses. Love so, to see it. We love. You to know, see it. Uh, there's some lovely, like little historical accuracies that are little Easter eggs. Joan, who's our pianist, was the lady in waiting. Uh, was a lady of the privy chamber of Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. The only one he truly loved. Rude. They finally did it. And then Maria, was, who, who was our drummer, mm-hmm. was friend and lady-in-waiting to Catherine of Aragon. So incredibly cool that they thought a really fun way to have your band, like yeah. you say, having them have these characters like you do in Waitress, but also historically accurate, mm-hmm. which I liked. And the show starts. Yes. Uh, you know, you've got this great visual of them facing away from us and they do the divorced, dun, dun, and the nice shapes of their hands beheaded, mm-hmm. dun, dun. 
died. Loved it. I have to say, one of the things I was worried about going into this, obviously, it is the summer now. Yes. I previously have seen a concert at Hampton Court and it was in, I guess, September, I think. So it got dark quite early. With this, I knew it wasn't going to get properly dark until around sort of 10 yeah at the earliest so i was kind of worried with how that would affect my enjoyment of the show because obviously i've seen it before you're in a theater they darken the audience whereas here you can't do that because we're outside yeah but it really didn't affect the way that the lighting was used and it's so cool like they had six projected on the wall of the palace it's very very well done it was very very cool and you still had like spotlights because of the way the stage was was uh put together you had it's a nice option there a little bit of shade mm-hmm. and i think it did get dark at the right kind of time the pacing of the show works i think you know obviously having the neon for house of holbein yes you know that's good i'd say like because then you have the neon and the lights dim and, and you start getting that if you lost some of these moments of like visual appeal it would be an issue but i don't think you did Mm-hmm. I think Ex-Wives is such a great song, like a really good start. And it really does get the energy going up and sets these characters up very, very well. Like where they are at the start of their journeys. Mm-hmm. That they're not a band at this point. They are individuals. Yeah. And obviously we end... Uh, ex-wives and we, we get the kind of introduction which is like you know we're going to do a little bit of a competition we're going to each tell you why we had it worst and you're then going to decide mm-hmm. who gets to be you know the face of the band who gets to be on the throne yeah and i thought that was such a cool premise i genuinely thought throughout the entire show we're going to end up having to vote right i really did think that we were going to vote and i was like this is so interesting because mm-hmm. you've already seen the merch outside that very much encourages you to have a favourite. Yeah. And I was like, especially at this environment, that's going to be very interesting because more so than anything, this is probably like six mega fans. Yeah. And it would be very difficult to have a very genuine winner. And I'm sure even like on, on a generic day at the West End, it would still be difficult because you'd have fans. Mm-hmm. So I was very intrigued. I was like, oh, cool. So are, are we going to vote at the end? And obviously we don't. But I really love this idea that, you know, I said to you, said to you for the longest time, my one worry with Six is that there's going to be no narrative. It's just a concert, but it's really good. Right. I loved this. I really did think it was really cool to have like the sense of narrative of like, so we're each going to tell you why we had it worst mm-hmm. and we deserve this redemption by being the face of the band. Because yeah. we are, you know, we're the person who got hit hardest. And obviously... <laughs> Each wife does have an argument for why they should be on that throne at the end, be the face of the band. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of a reprise of ex-wives as we go back to, you know, everybody knows that we used to be six wives. Yeah. One of my favourite bits in this song is like when they kind of all introduce themselves and you have the bit where 
Anne of Cleves says, uh, funny how we all discuss that, but never Henry's little prick up your ears. Yeah. I'm Catherine. And I love that a bit because it's, I really like the rhyme of this and how things continue on. And I just think it's really, really funny. I like the bit where we have, I'm the survivor, Catherine Parr. Mm -hmm. Because that's so like Destiny's Child. Yeah. There's some really, really good moments to this song. And I think it's a really good way to give each of them a little bit of an introduction. I, I, I keep doing the Jane Seymour, the only one he truly loved. Rude. When my son was newly born, I died. It's it's good because it gives each of you know kind of where they're going to get at with their pitch already. Yeah. It sets up their key arguments. So it's a really good introduction to the show. And obviously, Catherine of Aragon comes forward and says well you know mm -hmm. i'm gonna start competition will be over because we get no way yeah this is my second favorite song i really like this song mm -hmm. and i know i've listened to it before but i didn't realize it was Catherine of arrogance yeah i've played it before for sure yeah i know this one i know this one mm -hmm. um and i do like this song a lot I think it's very well performed. I think that Jarnea Richard Knoll mm -hmm. really captured this amazing kind of regality to her performance. Yeah. Because Catherine of Aragon is kind of the one who's the most proper of everyone. With the way that she behaves in this. Yes. yes. I would say and so. I would say just incredibly appropriate knowing like the history because obviously she was married to Henry's brother mm -hmm. who died. And then like, there was all the, all the different, like, Oh, is it okay for me to marry her? And like, they deemed yes. And then that played into the fact with the divorce when they were like, Oh, but you know, I shouldn't have married her. It was wrong for me to ever do this. And she has, she's already a queen at this point. You yeah. Know, she's already regal and, should be the only queen Henry ever had. So I loved that her demeanour was a lot calmer mm. and her representation was so much more royal than the rest of them who were a bit more, you know, get more casual as time goes on. Yes. But I do really like this song. I like all of them. And I think seeing them live has a big impact in wanting to listen to them more so. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favourite lyrics from this one? Or any, like, favourite moments? I like um, her referencing, like, being cursed because she was married to somebody else first. And because of that, uh, it's something like quoting Leviticus, I'll end up kiddieless all my life. Yes. Which is a really cool uh, little yeah i like the you must think that i'm crazy you want to replace me Baby, and then you know that you made me your wife so i'll be the queen to the end of my life you know it's like whatever you do now mm -hmm. i will always be the queen yeah stuck with you because it, everyone in the public will always see me as the one mm -hmm. really good song really good opening and obviously we then end it with Catherine of Aragon saying right so vote i mean i've won and then Anne Boleyn kind of 
start to take the stage. And I've never heard this song is where the rest of the queens all all kind of sing the one you've been waiting for. And she gets this huge hype from everyone else. Yeah. I do think Anne Boleyn is the most famous of the wives. Like, without a doubt. Even pre this show. Pre this show, I could not have told you what any of their names are. Really? Yeah, I really didn't pay attention in history in school. Because I I, I always found... I wasn't interested in... I was a mythology kid. Yeah. I love... I had all those, like, gorgeous giant mythology books. And so I was not interested in anything so recent as the Tudors. No, you see, the Tudors was always, like, from... God, what age is year four? Like, eight? Yeah. Seven or eight years old? I was obsessed with the Tudors. And I genuinely feel like Anne Boleyn was the most well-known anyway mm-hmm. and it, i like that it plays into she's the only one that gets like any hype coming in i know there's a movie yeah the other Boleyn girl which is oh because because henry initially courted Anne's sister yeah and it's so interesting but then she couldn't get pregnant or something something like that and I just, I like where you have the one you've been waiting for, the one who changed history, the one with the plan to steal the man, the one who chased the king that paid the price with the swordsman's swing. And I, I just, I like that they all introduce Anne Boleyn and she's just like, what? Yeah, wasn't paying attention. And I thought Millie O'Connell was fantastic here. Like, her voice is so interesting for this one. Yeah. And I've kind of been obsessed with it ever since. Like, I've tried to watch as many different performances of her doing mm-hmm. Don't Lose Your Head. Because I just find her voice so interesting. Like, the little idiosyncrasies where she's like, politics, not my thing. And it's mm-hmm. less sung like it is on the soundtrack. Yeah. And there's so much more personality. And like this, all all of the queens had so much more personality than the songs on the soundtrack gave them. Which I, again, that's what you'd want from seeing this album live. Yeah. No singer I've ever seen has been, you know, just just the record. There's always like the nice moments of talking. It's like why I love MCR so much is because Gerard will go off on such an interesting tangent talking to the audience and they'll add little bits in the songs when i sing the songs now i go by like live versions i've heard him do yeah and i think don't lose your head certainly now when i sing it in my mind i want more of this live performance than the soundtrack one Mm -hmm. i wish somebody like it'd be so cool if somebody was recording this performance yeah and you got like a six live soundtrack i believe what one of the stewards was saying to me was that they are going to be... They did that evening record the live soundtrack oh, yes, at Hampton please. Court. I, I will pay a lot of money for that. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be absolutely phenomenal to hear these voices in this way. Yeah. I just love Don't Need Your Head. It was, it was my favourite song going into this and I think it still is my favourite song now. Yeah. It's such a fun song and I love the chorus and I love how it reaches towards the end where everything starts going wrong. I really liked the bit where it's like three in the bed and the little one said. Yeah, I always like that. That bit's really nice. But just the small little bit of interaction with Catherine of Aragon standing there Mm 
Yeah. And her like pointing Looking her out. wildly unimpressed. Yeah. And he's like, don't be bitter because I'm fitter. Like it just was really, really good. And like the way it all ends, mm-hmm. it, it builds up such a nice bit. Just when Anne finally gets what she wants and then it's like, he's out every night. So I thought I'd flirt. And it's all like trying to be innocent. And then it just goes badly for her. Yeah. Like the girl who played with fire. Mm-hmm. I love this song so much. Yeah. I know this is your favourite one. But it was great seeing it live as well. And it was interesting because I don't think one queen got a better cheer than others. Maybe Anne of Cleves got the best cheer. For her costume change in the middle of the song. No, like as her song was starting up, I feel. Oh, yeah, sure. I think maybe maybe our audience was very in her favour. Mm-hmm. But this was great. And then again... So this is followed by Heart of Stone. Yeah, I like... So Amberlynn's like, so, okay, I've won. And then you've got Jane Seymour, whose argument is only, well, my child grew up without a mother. Not only, because obviously we get in the course of her song, she talks about how awful that is on its own. Yeah. But but also how nobody listened to her when she said she wasn't feeling well. And also she knew the whole time that the only reason that Henry acted like he loved her in this fictional version of Six, obviously, um, was because she'd had a son. Yeah. It's the only reason why they're the perfect family is because... They had a son. The two previous queens have had daughters. Yes. But what I find really interesting is the fact that all Jane Seymour really has outside of that is, you know, and different moments when people are competing and she's like, son, no mother. Mm-hmm. Like she keeps going back to that. And at no point does Anne Boleyn be like, daughter, no mother. Yeah. Well, because they could all argue that. Well, no, because um, Catherine of Aragon, because Mary... Could still had access to her mother. Catherine of Aragon was still there. Yeah. Well, so obviously the point is, overall, of this musical, is that yeah. we shouldn't be comparing them based on something as stupid as who they were married to. Exactly. And who had it worse, you know? like Yeah, because they, it sucked for all of them because he was the worst. But at the same time, he is only remembered because of these women. Yeah, more so than anything else. It's he he is a he is a, a poem. Mm-hmm. Divorced, beheaded, died. But the poem isn't even about him. It's well, about his wife. And, and this is the thing. He's quite lucky because I really want to watch the Tudors with you. And we watched something on TikTok that had like six over top the actors in the Tudors. Mm-hmm. And you saw Jonathan Rhys Mayers and you were like, That's Henry? Oh, yeah, they made him hot. It was weird. Yeah, because nobody wants to see a non-hot Henry VIII. There would be no Game of Thrones without the Tudors. Yes, I'm aware of this. You know, there really wouldn't be. And the content in it, there is a lot of gratuitous sex and nudity in the Tudors. Well, so I watched... I actually don't know what the show was called. It's the one about Mary, Queen of Scots. I've not seen that one. I liked that. Maybe it was just called Mary, Queen of Scots. Or something like that. Anyway, that was an okay show. It did a lot of the same thing. Stupid, over-sexualized. Uh, Susan from Narnia was in it. Blimey. It's a whole thing. That's why and she doesn't go back to Narnia. completely made up a fictional prince yeah. to put into that show so that she could be in a little love triangle. Like, ooh, who's she going to pick? Obviously the real one, because this is based on real historical yeah. stuff. But 
when around the time I was watching that, some of my friends were as well, and they were like, "Oh, you should watch the Tudors. It leads into this really well." And I was like, "Well, obviously it does, yeah." But at the same time, like, not great. No. I mean, also that show starts with her being kept in a nunnery and raised there. So, what, Mary like, Queen of Scots? Yeah, away from her family and her mom and everything. Like, she knows she's a princess and that she'll be in line for the throne. Yeah, but she, that's because she's, like, the niece of Edward. Yeah. And she only gets the throne after Edward, very briefly, before it goes to Mary. Elizabeth. No, they're different Marys. Oh, all right. It go, before it goes to Catherine of Aragon's daughter, Mary. Mm. Yeah, and... and... It is interesting. Like it's all too complicated. They all just married each other. Yeah. Like... Henry VIII has got away with things very, very luckily. Like He's seen as like Hans and Jonathan Rhys Mayers in this version. It's bizarre. And there's more... See, but the only version I picture when I think of Henry VIII is the Horrible Histories one who sings the Six Wives song. Yeah. Which, that's the only version of him that I can like see in my head. So when you showed me that, it was like, what is this? As if. Yeah. But they spend a lot of six describing him the way that he actually was, which was hugely overweight. Yeah. Crusty is a word that they used for him. Pox ridden. Yeah. Like, he was probably a really gross man. Yeah, probably. Because it was, you know, medieval times. Like, not medieval, but, you know, Tudor times. (laughs) Cleanliness was not a, a huge thing. No. I think the only other thing he's known for outside of who he married is that I think he created either rugby or football. Like you can trace the origins of the sport back to him. It's not football because football was a sport that women played. So I think it's rugby then. I think it can be traced back to him. That's dumb. Yeah. Anyway, um, you'll notice we're not that really talking. That made up the same as green sleeves. Yeah. As if. <laughs> you'll, you'll notice we're not really talking about Heart of Stone at yeah. this point. It's. Do you know what? I like this song. It's a good song. And certainly at this point, it is time for a ballad. Six wouldn't work if every song was the same. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that she's very Adele. And this fits that Adele style of song. And Heart of Stone is a really good song. And it breaks up the narrative really well here. We're kind of halfway through. You know, she's wife number three. Yeah. This is a good song for this point in time just to give us something a little bit different. I like Jane Seymour. I think, you know, she's an underrated queen. Mm. You know, she's kind of, you know, I do, like you say, I feel sorry for her. Like, she's the forgotten queen because she's the one who died. There's nothing really exciting that goes on there. She was quite innocent by, you know, compared to the rest of them. She genuinely seemed like she was just a good person. She doesn't have much of a background or an interesting story to her. Yeah. But I think it's appropriate that this song is perhaps the most boring part of the show. Mm-hmm. And that's not a criticism because I still really like it. But it certainly feels like it's that lull in the middle just to settle everyone. Just going to have that moment, sit down, breathe before the energy comes back. Like, the fact that the other queens mock her when she steps forward, it's like, yeah, okay, what are you really bringing to this? Mm-hmm. It does kind of set the tone that this one is filler. Yeah. And, like, the fact that the next song is so immediately, like, a bop and gets the energy all the way back up, it's like, we have to address Jane Seymour. Yeah. And I get, I really like, lyrically, I really like her song. I like it as a ballad in the context of this musical. 
it's just my least favourite of the songs in this show. But again, not a criticism of performance or even the writing. Natalie Paris is fantastic as Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think does... You feel terrible for her. and But you also, I think she does a good job at trying to give her a little bit more character. That She's just like a little bit of a... Well, that's the, I, I think that's the point, is the other six, she's a bit wet, but she's actually got a lot of personality and character to her, and she was strong enough to stand there and know that if anything happened to her son, she would probably be cast aside. Yeah. So, and that's horrible. And pain is relative, is something that I say a lot to people, because obviously, if you put somebody... With that, next to someone who literally gets murdered for no reason, those are two very different things, Mm. but they're not both happening to the same person, so the pain is relative. Exactly. And I think this song does a really good job at actually giving Jane Seymour a voice. Mm -hmm. But we're about to get uh, two, well, I say two really good songs, but we're about to get like a really nice like double hit of of some fun with Anne of Cleves. Yes, Anna. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I really love Alexa McIntosh. Yep. I, you know, initially I was saying to you, I think it's a little bit unfair. She gets two songs, like House of Holbein, certainly by the whole, all of the queens and it sets the tone. Yeah, it doesn't just set the tone. It's a little bit of historical, like, here's how this works. So we get House of Holbein, which is my favourite song in the whole show. And you were so excited to see how this was, like, showing me, like, the... The neon the and... The roughs yeah. and the glasses and everything. And there were people in the audience with the green, like, Ray-Ban glasses as yeah. well, which is really cool. And so this song is basically just an explanation of beauty standards of the time and how Hans Holbein, who was a painter who would paint royal portraits and, you know... Distribute them. Yeah, basically. If you've seen the modern Cinderella, the 2015 Disney one, there's a scene in that where the prince is having his portrait painted to be sent to foreign princesses. It's essentially the same. So you'd have your portrait painted, it would be sent off to the eligible ladies or lords, and uh, then you basically pick. So the way that they reference it here is it's Tinder. Oh, yeah, and I really like it. So you see Christina of Denmark and you get eh, eh, on the yeah. side. So she goes to the... She looks the, very annoyed about it, which I love. She goes... I'm trying to think. So it would be her right. So she goes to the right because we've swiped left. Yes. Because we're not interested. We get Amalia of Cleves, mm-hmm. who is uh, Anna of Cleves' younger sister, who also gets that eh, eh. But then they say, oh, well, that's okay. She was already married anyway. Yeah. And then we get the... Ding! Anna of Cleves. Anna of Cleves. And... However, once she rocks up, she uh, is not what he was expecting. No. So House of Holbein as a song is in sort of... Obviously the house bit is like house music. Yeah. It's rave music, basically. Or what a theatre kid would consider to be rave music. Which yeah, you is get a bow, 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 Yeah, das is gut. Yep. The House of Holbein. And we get a nice little um, house music version of Greensleeves, which I think is really funny. Yeah, I like the bit where you get the, you bring the corsets, we'll bring the cinches, no one wants a waist over nine inches. Like yep. that bit is really, really nice. All the references to what the different 
beauty products do. So if you want blonder hair, you use urine. Yeah. To make your hair blonder, uh, the makeup contains lead poison. Yeah. But Tr- you'll look great. So it's fine. Try not to think about it. Yeah. Try these heels so high it's naughty, but we cannot guarantee you'll still walk at 40. Yeah, it's not great. I just like the bits we have these slow moments of the songs. So, da 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 mm-hmm. Before you go back to the bow, wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow. You know, it's really, really fun. And obviously, again, these amazing, like, Mm-hmm. costumes and accessories does six on the west end have an interval or is it the same as it was for so it just goes straight through uh, straight through because obviously quite a short show. it is in the same way that friends and musical parody is quite a short show and i wondered if six had an interval i do think the best place for the interval would be after heart of stone and then we come and back then you with... start with house of Holbein. yeah yeah but that would be a very short you've had... first act yeah but i mean you have the first three queens and especially because you have all the queens a queen a queen a queen yeah all the queens a queen a queen a queen finale mega six mm-hmm. you know um that i mean it feels like there's, there's some natural book ending there but this is a lot of fun and obviously we then get anna of cleves who's like I'm not going to be sad because I get to sit around well, in a castle. Well, it's not even that. She starts by just being really sarky about it and saying, oh, it was so hard being divorced uh, or annulled rather for what I looked like. And he didn't love me. So instead he paid me off and made me go and live in a palace in Richmond. And oh, it's so terrible being me and suddenly being an independently wealthy woman in Tudor, England. The and then horror. Every, everyone's like, what? Everyone's like, shut up. <laughs> and <laughs> then just the worst. And you I know, love her. Getting down is great because it's all very much just Getting down. Yeah. Get down. Get, oh, okay. Getting down. Sorry, the, the set list I have says get down, which is why I read it that. Get down, get down. No, it's getting down. Um, I really like this one because uh, it is just a celebration. Yeah, she's bragging and, and I love Obviously, it. like, it plays off at the end. It's like, so why should you win? It's like, no, I shouldn't. I'm just bragging. But I do like the uh, sitting here yeah, all like, alone I've won. on a throne in a palace that I happen to own. I, again, I recognise this one, but did not realise that this was Anna of Cleves. My favourite thing in this is obviously the costume change. We get to the part yeah. where she says, uh, when I get bored, I go to court. So we have the line about the the footman taking her uh, fur, like her jacket. Yeah. And then the rest of the queens rip away her exterior outfit to reveal a red tank top and shorts and they're covered in chains and stuff and so she says the gold chains are symbolic of her faith to the higher power which is hilarious yeah obviously it's just her showing off her money but, but my favorite bit is like take my phone you get the rip and then everyone's just like yeah and a nice long moment before as you were mm-hmm. is great this is another one where alexia mcintosh just absolutely nails it Mm-hmm. It's such a fun song. You know, I, I've always really liked that. I'm the queen of the castle. Get down, you dirty rascal. Like, that bit's really fun. And it's, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. And and the chorus is really, like, catchy as well. Like House of Holbein. Like with Don't Lose Your Head. You have these really good verses, but really great chorus to tie it all back into each other. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, it obviously ends where she's like, oh, I've already won. I'm happy with my lot in life. I'd just like to remind you that I got off quite lucky. So and yeah, she gets disqualified. Yeah, basically. Well, she sort of drops out. She's like, yeah, no, I was just showing off. Sorry. And then we get Catherine Howard and they sort of make fun of her for being the least relevant Catherine. Because obviously we have Catherine, the first queen, and Catherine, the last queen, and then Catherine Howard in the middle. And we realised yesterday when watching said TikTok that we've already discussed that this Catherine was 21 when she died. Yes. The youngest of all of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of tragedy to this Catherine. A With lot. the way that they present her, yeah. But just even in real life, there is a lot of tragedy to this Catherine. Yeah. So she talks about how ridiculous the rest of their excuses are. So she makes the joke to Anne Boleyn about, and you... oh yeah, you got beheaded. That that must mean you win. Oh wait, divorce, beheaded, die, divorce, beheaded. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I Which love is that hilarious. Like... Yeah, she's got some real good sass on her. Like mm-hmm. they, they feel like nobody sees her as a contender because she's youngest, she's the underdog and, you know, all that. But she's got yeah. such like good like wit and repartee with it all. But through the course of her song, it's revealed that she has been sexually abused her entire life, which is great. And she even had people after her when she was a literal child because she has the line about being 13 going on 30, Mm -hmm. which is gross. And again, just a really good song that I knew. I know all these songs. I've listened to them so much, but it's like when I'm watching going, Oh, it's this queen. Mm-hmm. And then the lyrics take on this other mean. Like, obviously, with Ambulant, I knew that one, but I'm starting to put them together. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a really good song for this actual person as well. It really fits. Mm-hmm. It's not just a really good song that I listen to in the car and enjoy and know the lyrics to. This really works within the narrative that this person is presenting about their life. Because mm-hmm. you get the tragedy here, but you're also trying to get the, but I'm not defined by my past. I love the choreography to this song because as it gets further and further in, when she sings her, and there's nothing more to it, who cares so much, she's devoted, like those parts, Mm. she, to start with, has two queen's hands on her and then by the end of it, they're all holding different parts of her body to show like all of the guy's hands that have been all over her, which is gross, but so poignant, I think. And makes a really nice little point about the sexual abuse that probably all of these women faced because, you know, you're married to the king. We get when we... Um, I'm jumping forwards a little bit, I'm sorry. But no. when we get to Catherine Parr, she brings up that, like, basically, regardless of what you wanted, if the king said he was marrying you, you were doing it. Yeah, you, you didn't, didn't get actually a get a say in this, yeah. Yeah, and probably the same if he... Like, in Tudor times, they when you consummated they um had to check didn't they this yeah, is the thing in in the mary queen of scots show that yeah I you had somebody who was there present in the moment who had to observe that it had happened yeah and in the mary queen of scots show it's five of the um royal court it's five like old men yeah which is gross but it is like this one I feel does a really good job as a kind of like painting the darker side of Henry as well, where you have like his temper shorts and his mates are sleazy. Mm-hmm. Like, he... Well, so she got a job at court as like a lady in waiting. Well, as a lady's maid yeah. and then as a lady in waiting and Henry like adds her to his actual lady in waiting court and throws her up in the world. And then 
but it's because he's attracted to her and she's like wow that's really nice he he gets that i'm supposed to be more than i am and then it obviously is just because he wants to hook up with her yeah and obviously when you know she's then seen as immoral and again the worst bit with her is the fact that like henry is cheating on every single wife he's ever had Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter he was probably cheating on jane seymour even though yeah well she says that in her song she says that like regardless of all his flaws she stayed by his side the whole time and didn't say anything but this is it like the 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 fact that she dies because she happens to flirt with another man who she has a very genuine connection with Mm -hmm. whether she does it or doesn't and then all these other men come forward to paint her as this illicit, like, tramp, you know? And it's heartbreaking. I feel like, actually, of all the wives, if she was some... If, if there was a genuine vote at the end, mm. even though there's this great bravado about her performance, and she's very, like, Christina Aguilera dirty, you know, like... Yeah. Which is, again, like, where she kind of embraced the, oh, you're going to sexualise me anyway, I'm going to take it to the nth degree and own it myself. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we market in our in our women she's trying to own it herself to make it her brand but there's really nice moments of vulnerability in this song yeah that like you see through this bravado and this wall that she's built up and you see like Catherine Howard this poor woman whose lot in life is to been like used and abused and ultimately beheaded mm-hmm. and I think this song does that so well and we move on towards the end where they're all arguing. Everyone says, you know, well, okay, fine, but I did this and I did this. And then Catherine Parr steps forward and is like, I had a song, but it doesn't really feel appropriate anymore mm-hmm. because all of this, this isn't what we should do. And listening, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you, listening to what you're saying. There's nice moments here where the others are dismissing um, what Catherine Parr is saying. But she's like, no, but if you listen, all of our stories are filled with pain. Why are we why are we contesting? Why are we happy for our lot in life to just be part of his 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 history? Yeah. And you know, eventually they bait her enough so she plays their game again, which I like. But then obviously she moves on to doing her song, which you know, is is telling her story about how actually she she understood henry because she also came from having different husbands who died but then she met somebody she truly loved mm-hmm. and she she wanted to be with this person but of course henry the eighth shows up and you have to drop everything for henry which meant she had to make this choice yeah and you know she had to leave this person and like that's really sad because again she has She's playing the game, you know, I'm sad, but I'm not going to let myself just be this victim. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, I survived at the end. Cool, good for me, but it's not like I had it easy. I don't, I didn't recognise this song, I have to say, um, going in to this one. I think the only ones I really didn't know were Heart of Stone and this one. Mm-hmm. But I did really like this one. Yeah. She talks about what she did to you know make sure that as a queen she left a legacy you know she was a writer she wrote books she fought for female education so that women could study scripture she even got a woman to paint my picture yeah and she can't tell that story because instead she's one of six Mm -hmm. and this is very hamilton in the way that you know we've discussed that hamilton isn't 
you know, his story. It's Eliza. It's Eliza. Yeah. You know, it's the person who then dedicated her life to maintaining his legacy. Mm-hmm. And this is very much here. It's like, I don't get to be a person, you know, who remembers me? I'm the last one. All I am is the one that people forget on the history test because I survived. Because mm-hmm. she's the one I forget the name of. Like, I know it sounds bad. And there's a lot here to her. And I think this song does a really good job of that. And it's a really nice way to... Again, we've got like the second ballad of this show. Yeah. But it's a really powerful one. I reckon it's not up there with one of your favourites though. I like what it becomes once they all join in. Yeah. But on its own, the reason why you haven't heard it is because I haven't put it on the car. Yeah, and I think you can see that. You you like the more upbeat songs in this. I don't like listening to ballads in the car. Yeah. That depresses me. Narratively, <laughs> though, this is a really important song mm-hmm. because it does actually then tie up. Every, perhaps narratively, it's the most important song mm-hmm. because it ties up this this plot we've had of who who is you know the the one true queen above queens Mm -hmm. and this is the bit where it's like we shouldn't be competing instead we should be rewriting our histories and you know i do like this that you know post this point all the other queens realize yeah she's right we're all defined by henry Mm -hmm. nobody here would be talking about us if not for henry yeah exactly so they stop the competition and they join in, you know, that they don't need his love to be validated. And we get the there's five minutes left. Mm-hmm. So let's use this time wisely to rewrite our stories. And we're going to be a group. We're going to be six for the first time. This is like the origin story. This is how they become six. Mm-hmm. And they're finally no longer solo artists. They are combined. And as much as I like Six, I never really appreciated the story, you know, within the song. It's a great song, very catchy, very upbeat. But I didn't necessarily realise all the different story points. So like, you know, Anne Boleyn's writing lyrics for Shakespeare. I thought these were just silly jokes. But now I get it that they're they're, so sad because it's like what could have been. And they come up with their dream versions, what they wanted to. And they had dreams outside of Henry. Yeah. And this song is still fun, but it's just sad as well because it's like they wanted more and that they didn't get. What do you think of Six? As I a like song? this song. This is the one that I probably play the most. More than Ex Wives, for sure. Yeah. This song's great. And then obviously, this finishes the audience cheered for like five to 10 minutes, which was incredible. And we were screaming the whole time as well. And then obviously, they say. Do you want to hear another one? And we yeah. go into a song that you definitely haven't heard before. No, but you can find it. I nearly had a cheeky preview of it because um, when I was doing the whole six stuff on the Instagram story, you can find there the Mega Six. There is a Mega Six, yes. I didn't want Not to Not on the to album it. that we normally no, listen to. No, I didn't listen to it for, for a reason. I just, I like to go back to six very briefly. You know, everyone who's a fan of this show or, or not has heard this song but things like you know we're called the Tudor Von Traps or the Roiling Stones that was fun <laughs> you know um, I love that they all don't think she's funny <laughs> no I know she's trying it's kind of like Jane Seymour's like she's been quite catty to them now but now she's trying to be like well I can make funny jokes like the rest of you mm-hmm. I just love I really I think this would make a great tote bag was just the you know you know how i've got my um dolly parton nine to five i would have the we're one of a kind you know you know that chorus there mm-hmm. but what like with the the numbers 
highlighted for, and then the six being in the six font you know so you'd have one of a kind two many years lost in history with you know three to take which i think is really clever yeah four five more minutes we're six i just think that's such a clever bit of like writing because yeah. I, I said to you the first time we were listening to it and you pointed it out to me i was like where's where's this one you're like four five minutes i was like oh that's so clever yeah it's such a brilliant brilliant bit and yeah the mega six was great i i thought this was absolutely phenomenal Mm-hmm. And this is where obviously you get your phone out and you enjoy. I didn't do that. I wanted to just enjoy the moment, but obviously there were loads of cameras, and by this point it's dark. Yeah, and so all of the lights are everywhere. They've got the six projection. They've got like it's. It was just amazing. It was so good. Yeah, and you get a nice moment as well where every everyone from the ladies in waiting gets a shout out and a cheer. Like it's a really nice way to the curtain call. Mm-hmm. They get everybody to get up and to dance. And I just like how the songs flow into one another as well. Like it's very well done. Mm-hmm. Definitely be adding the Mega Six to your. Oh, absolutely! With. I think you were right to keep it for me to be like this, this showcase when we finally see Six. Yeah. And then that being it, mm-hmm. it, it was fantastic. I mean, it went by very, very quickly. Obviously, yes. it's a short show, about an hour and a half, but still went by very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time. Yeah. Your favourite song is House of Holbein. Yes. And second favourite song is... No Way. No Way. Mm-hmm. What's yours? I mean, my favourite song is going to be Don't Lose Your Head. Yep. Absolutely. And I think, obviously, Six is my second favourite one. Because I do listen to that one a while. I think Ex-Wives is a great opening. Yeah. I could put this entire playlist on and listen to all of them. But I think if I had to have a skip, it it is Heart of Stone. Yeah, me too. Just like you say, ballads aren't always the most fun thing to listen to. I would rather listen to I Don't Need Your Love mm-hmm. over Heart of Stone. Yeah. But the, all these songs are great. No way. They're all amazing. They're all beautifully performed. And and because each each one is different and unique. And I, I criticised it with Joseph. Because I think there's too many songs trying to do too many different styles. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Joseph live. Hopefully we'll be seeing that at the start of August. And that'd be really fun to cover Joseph again. Mm-hmm. As it was our first episode. And most podcasts, if you talk to them, don't want you to listen to their first episodes. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, we get a do-over, we get to redo Joseph. Um, But I liked it here because I think it fit because we looked at all these different personalities and it just, it it was really fun. I I, I don't know if I can say I have an MVP. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair. I think it it, it isn't fair to our performers because they're all the MVPs. Yeah. There is no standout performance. I know we have a favourite song and, and, and... that's, I'm not going to say MVP. I think everyone on stage, everyone part of the creative team, uh, everyone part of the design team, they're all the MVPs for me. Like six as a show is the MVP. Mm-hmm. Like the costumes are such a big part of its identity. So I guess the question I'm going to ask you is if if the narrative plays out that the end, you have to vote for a queen, mm-hmm. which queen would you have voted for? Aragon. You'd go with Aragon. Just are you thinking in terms of the song, or are you thinking in terms of both. like 
the narrative. Mm. I you, were, you wouldn't want to be the first woman he like screws over, would you? No, but there's. I thought I getting killed is pretty bad. I thought I'd have stuck with Anne Boleyn the entire time. Yeah, but you're going to say Howard. I think I would say Catherine Park, Catherine Howard of the two of them would be the ones I'd most want to vote for. Mm-hmm. But I think if I had to combine song with like their actual argument and what I know about them, yeah, Catherine Howard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Got such a raw deal. And I just loved that bravado about it. Mm-hmm. It's like very much modern, um, modern uh, pop industry that we build people up only to tear them down. Like everything that's happened with Britney Spears... You see it with Catherine Howard's character in this. She's the only one that refers to her childhood in this. Yeah. At all. So, like, a lot of her song... I'm not saying she's wrong, because obviously they're talking about a history of being horribly treated by men. But the majority of her song isn't actually about him. No. (laughs) <laughs> and, and this is the thing maybe she loses points like you could argue it's like same with Anna of Cleves okay but you're actually quite happy where you are people could argue it's like yeah but your life was bad pre-Henry yeah it wasn't about so to like, get better afterwards know, does yeah. this count you were already in a bad place but I, I feel like at the end performance wise and like the narrative was like oh because if, if you really listen to what they're saying I think it does impact the way you feel about the queens it's not just the personality it's what they're saying mm-hmm. Um, who would you want to play? I can't play anyone, but who would you want to play? Mm, I don't know. I think it changes on like a weekly basis. I would want to sing No Way, but I probably wouldn't want to play Catherine yeah. of Aragon. I don't know. It's cool to have a show with so many like strong female leads. Well, considering is... that it's nice for a show to be just female characters yeah you know and with such strong representations as well mm-hmm. like they're taking back their lives and it's empowering yeah and women need more empowerment all the time if the past week has shown us anything it's women's voices need to be the only voices that matter when it comes to the issues that they face on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. you know Women's bodies, women's choices. Yep. As far as we're concerned. And hopefully anyone who listens to us in America is safe at all times. That should be anyone's priority, Mm -hmm. is being safe. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Six, I give five stars to me too i want to give it six stars but that would put the you know just for the joke of like six get six yeah um (laughs) but that would put it higher than everything else and i'm not going to change my review metric just for a little joke Mm -hmm. you know i'm happy to say five snowflakes for frozen um i'm not going to say six heads for six i'm going to give it five stars because i think it was absolutely brilliant and i was scared that i'd come out of it wanting more I wanted more in terms of I could have sat and listened to them sing for hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave it thinking, oh, well, they could have done this. I left it just being so happy and like just I loved every every second of it and I want to see it again. I don't feel like I could ever get bored of seeing this show. Nice. The concert thing works. I've seen MCR six times. I could see them time and time again. It's the same songs and bits like that. It doesn't matter. It's seeing these songs live. 
and mm. I loved every moment of it. Uh, how did it compare for you? Com- you know, obviously seeing it in Hampton Court. How was it seeing the original queens? It was amazing, and they were so so cool. Millie O'Connell. I'm so glad I finally got to see her live. Like oh, it was just an absolute dream. It was, and you know, if you haven't seen six, and you have the ability to see it, you should. Mm-hmm. I know that six is coming to Woking in January. I might have to go see it again and see how it is different on stage. But I also do want to see it very much in the West End. Now I want to see the, like, I've had my dream six experience. Now I want to see the, the true six experience, you know? Yeah. Um, six experience. This experience. Yeah. Were there any changes that you noticed in watching it compared to... Um, the times you'd said it before not really other than that the performers were obviously it i want to say making changes because this was six it was amazing yeah but because it was a limited sh- couple of shows they were all going for it and it was yeah. amazing yeah i just made obviously like because of where it's performed, maybe there's different rules or make like obviously mm-hmm. I know that on on TV. So I watched the performance. Don't lose your head from the one show, and they obviously have to censor some of the comments. Yeah, no, they so far as I'm aware didn't change anything. But I haven't seen it in a few years. Cool. So, so five stars from me. Next week we are going uh, back to Disney because we are going to be uh, doing Cinderella. I don't know how many times we all covered Cinderella in different formats, but <laughs> this might be the definitive Cinderella for me. It's the one I, I know the best, but obviously it's it's still going to be a very watered down version and no toe cutting, I'm sure. Although that being said, after Pinocchio and Dumbo, I wouldn't be surprised if there is more sinister stuff in this than I recall. There is, but it's mostly just a cat trying to eat some mice. And uh, we will then be covering... My Fair Lady Live the week after. Mm-hmm. Again, very, very excited. We're going to go to the London Coliseum. Uh, thanks to Tony um, from At Theatre Flashback One. Uh, we're going to be seeing that one, which is very exciting. You know, this year is all about seeing the shows live that you introduced me to when we first started this podcast. And I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. Before we do take a little bit of a hiatus due to um, me being on holiday and uh, last week so you know certainly some exciting stuff on the horizon before we're then back for august obviously if we can get something out in you know the interim we will we will do our best to but uh if we if you don't hear from us for a few weeks we'll be back the first of august i'm sure as always uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod uh why not go and follow us and let us know your thoughts on six and let us know your thoughts on disney's cinderella is it one that you love or is it one that you only watch with nostalgia in mind you can listen to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms we are available on apple podcasts on spotify on google podcasts via the amazon music app under the podcast section of the library you can find us on Good Pods, Stitcher, and our OG hosts, Podbean. Subscribe to us so that you are 
instantly notified when a new episode goes live. And if you like what we do, head on over to any of those platforms or podchaser.com and leave us a five-star review. But until next week, we will see you same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.